You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 27th of April. I was wrong. Really, really, really wrong about something. I'll have to confess. And we'll try to have a level head about what's going on with the Jazz losing to the Timberwolves twice. And it's a power ranking Tuesday, and these power rankings might not be as good. We'll check it out. All coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. You all right today? Jazz fans kind of lost their head last night, understandably, but let's try to walk through it today with some level of reason, understanding, and see where we sit. But the one seed feels like it's greatly in jeopardy as we get up this morning for the first time in a long time, and that's a pretty daunting feeling, I would agree. Today's show, by the way, is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker, download the app on iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. All right, so I couldn't have been more wrong. I really thought that the Jazz with Mike Conley and Joe Ingles as point guards would have been able to keep the offense going against Minnesota and Sacramento in this stretch. I said on the show quite clearly that the Jazz should be all right offensively without Donovan for the next few games. Well, I blew that. In fact, in all my time leading this show for you and and trying to give you insight, I'm not sure I've been as off base. Uh, I mean, I just completely missed. Uh... Minnesota got physical with us, got into us. The rightful order of the basketball universe, uh, as I like to talk about, got completely screwed up, and we could not score. Uh, That's really the, the bottom line to these two losses is we couldn't score. Last night, it felt like we couldn't make shots. We got great looks. We went 2 of 25 in the second and third quarters. and And I don't know... I don't know that the looks were as good as they feel. So, for example, and this is something I just don't know. I was talking to someone last night who knows basketball better than me, and I kind of asked this question. There's like a corner three that Mike Conley takes last night that really jumps out to me, in which he's wide open. He, he He's wide open. It's like a gimme corner three. But it didn't come out of the natural flow. In other words, Minnesota got physical, got into the jazz, altered their kind of their ball movement and it came in an unnatural flow and suddenly you end up being you know 16 to 57 from three for 28 percent we haven't had that kind of an outlier day very often we had the three game sequence with Dallas Phoenix and Portland where we didn't shoot it well and then we had just another one otherwise this year we haven't you know we had one other I think which was against Miami uh, in which we didn't shoot it, we kind of like the we didn't regress to the mean with enough three attempts. I do wonder, you know, we look at 
some of these times where you've played New York twice and you've shot poorly against both New York both times and you've played Phoenix twice and you've shot badly against Phoenix both times. And I, you know, so you do wonder like, okay, well, are they, and Phoenix plays us similarly to the way Minnesota did. They get into us physically. They blow up the flow of the offense. We keep moving it. We get to the open look, but maybe the open look, which, you know, to cameras and statistically and everything else looks as open is not actually as open as it would be because of the fact that you are not into the natural flow of how you got the ball. I I, I honestly don't know. It's a thought that there's something to, you know, why is it that our bad shooting nights are coming against similar teams? And, you know, Miami, it's kind of, you say, well, they're wildly athletic and they're running at you. But frankly, the second, you know, so we played Miami, we shot 33% in one game, we shot 26% in the other, and they're similar. They're upping you physically, they're overshifting to take away the rim, they're forcing you to make the next pass out to the three-point shooter, and maybe there is something there where that three-point shot doesn't come out of the natural flow of our offense in the same way, and so we don't, you know, we don't make it. We have been very, very good this year on early, early threes, right? So, like, that was the other one I wanted to look at. Say, well, maybe there's something to that. Because what we have done this year is we have led the league, as we, we've talked about this a lot, but this is important. So, we've led the league. We take the most amount of threes in the NBA in the first four, f- six seconds of the shot clock. And so, let's look at which is 7.23. So we take a look at the last two games and we took eight and we made 44% of them. So that gets a little interesting in this sense that if you take, and if we look at just, you know, last night, uh, so in the two games against Minnesota, we were seven of 16 on early first four seconds of the shot clock, three point shots. Okay. Like, all right, the second sequence is our 15-18. We get into it early. We move it around. We are 8 of 20. All right, well, now maybe we're on to something because in the two games, we are 15 of 36 on early threes. But we were, which means we were 20 of 62 on anything in the back half of the shot clock. All right, so that begins to make me believe that there is something to that, that like we're 32% on any three in those two games that took place after 15 on the shot clock. So we still did what we do. We got out early. We got the threes early. We played that game. We took 36 threes in two games in the first nine seconds of the shot clock. That's pretty great. We were 15 of 36 on those threes. That's pretty great. But once we got into the half-court set and we started to have to swing the ball around, then it didn't work out as well. Now, let's just isolate last night for a second and see if that swings anything. Last night, we were in the early part of the shot clock, so the first nine seconds of the shot clock last night, we were... 5 of 17. So now we get a little less good, right? So you take small, shrink the sample size down to our one night. And then, but after that first nine seconds last night, 
we were 11 of 40. So last night, we just didn't shoot as well. But after the first nine seconds of the shot clock last night, we shot 27.5% on threes. That leads me to believe that it's not just open threes. It has something to do with how you're getting the three, where it's coming to you, whether it's in the natural flow. It's that Mike Conley corner three I'm talking about where Mike Conley got a wide open corner three, but he had run there from the baseline. It wasn't the natural flow. He wasn't waiting for it. It wasn't the normal way we play, and he doesn't hit. I don't know. You know, you can tell a story with numbers and try to make it up, but that's kind of my my thought on what I think happened. The other thing is that the rightful order of the basketball universe is screwed up. Our rightful order of the basketball universe is a bit fragile. Donovan's our primary scorer. He's one of the highest usage players in the NBA. And then everyone kind of flows in beautifully behind that, right? Mike Conley is probably at 33 years old, not quite ready to be the primary guy. I thought he was really good last night, but I'm like, we're probably like, I mean, let's just be totally honest for a second. If the Utah Jazz open the season with Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, and Rudy Gobert as your starting five, Jordan Clarkson, Derek Favors, George Niang, and Ursan Ilyasova as your bench, where would people pick us? Like eighth playoff spot? Maybe lower, right? Like, would we be better than Portland with Damon CJ and Norman Powell and Yusuf Nurkic? And maybe not. Right? Like, you take Donovan off our roster, high usage player, so now your best, your best player offensively is Mike Conley at 33 years old. Your second best player offensively is Boyan Bogdanovich. Your third best is Jordan Clarkson, who suddenly, frankly, with, you know, with the burden increased, becomes back to being a wildly inefficient player the last few games. So the rightful order of our basketball universe without Donovan's kind of screwed up, and our rightful order of the basketball universe is not is pretty fragile. Like, the Clippers are loaded. Their rightful order of basketball universe, Kawhi goes out, Paul George becomes the man. They're not a 60-win team, but they're probably a 50-win team. Our rightful order of the basketball universe, we're a 60-win team, it seems, but that if healthy, but then when we slip, we slip a little further, I think. I think that's a fair... So, we, you know, if you look at that. So, you know, I, I've, I saw the comment from a lot of people... Um, and, and I thought Andy Larson actually, you know, the best team in the NBA should close the door, shut the door, and say we should never lose to Minnesota twice. Yeah, right. We're not the best team in the NBA right now. We're missing Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, sure. Sure, right. At full strength, against their full strength, it'd be a battle. We, you know, their full strength now, D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, they don't have Malik Beasley, but their full strength, they're, they've now played a grand total of I think uh, 15 games with those two players over the last two years, they're eight and seven. So they're a 500 team. I would guess we're a notch above 500 without Donovan, but not a lot. And we saw it, right? We shot badly. We, we, we shot normal. We win and we go 500 against them. We'll talk about it some more. Uh, but that's my early kind of thought is that the rightful order of the basketball universe isn't right without Donovan, and, and that makes us less good. I'll, I'll get to a bigger takeaway in a second. From an offensive standpoint, I thought... You know, there is something to like open threes that aren't coming the same way as other open threes don't seem to yield the same event. Like there's just something to how you're getting your three. Minnesota disrupted that. Seems like Miami disrupts that. Phoenix disrupts that. There's a style. There, there's a little bit of a script someone's built. Well, I'll dig into that uh, as well here. All right. So the Jazz, uh, 
and we'll and we'll dig into the stains. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai. My good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, I am driving the North American car of the year right now. I I've, I got to admit, I'm blown away by this because I never knew. This probably sounds awful on my part, but I didn't know for twenty six thousand dollars you could get a car that's this outstanding. I mean, I am really enjoying driving this car. It has all the bells and all the whistles you could possibly imagine. And it's not a surprise to me that the Hyundai Elantra was named the 2021 North American Car of the Year. You can get 0% APR for five years on it, or you can get $3,000 off the 2021 Elantra. It looks, at least in my opinion, it looks good. That's obviously taste. It drives well. It's got every safety feature imaginable. Cruise control. Handled the rain beautifully yesterday. Handled... It's just terrific, and the price is amazing. Same thing about the Kona. 0% for five years for the 2021 all-wheel drive Kona. Great time to get in that. Go check it out at Murdoch Hyundai. Uh, If you're heading off to Murdoch Hyundai in Linden, in Logan, or in Murray, email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com, and then tell me which location you're going to. We'll set you up with a personal meeting and make sure that you have a... Uh, a good experience and get the VIP treatment that you deserve from Murdoch Hyundai. Today's show is also brought to you by Locker Room. The Locker Room app is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about all that is taking place in the sports world. You'll find fans like you on Locker Room with watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Lockdown hosts across NBA, MLB, or NHL. Uh, Drafts should be a lot of fun with some of the Locker Room stuff going on. I'll be joining the app. Uh, so go download the free Locker Room app now currently available on iOS. Be sure to create a profile. Link your Twitter and join NFL, MLB, NHL groups for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms with your favorite teams, and be sure to check out the Locked On team room that is live and all going on. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. Uh, the Ultimate Mock Draft is Thursday is the mock is the real draft. The Ultimate Mock Draft has its own podcast feed. If you haven't checked it out, it's in uh, coordination with Odyssey. It's terrific. Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, really good show. Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on your podcast feeds. Go grab it. All right. Here's the thing about yesterday that I don't think we've said enough. I actually thought we played pretty well. We didn't make shots. Minnesota got into us. I thought the effort was actually good. Anyone who's saying the effort wasn't there. Rudy screwed up the final two plays brutally and cost and, and frankly cost us the game. Like, let's be, for all the time I do this show and talk about how great Rudy is, which he is, and the amount of games he's won us this year, which he has, guess what? Our best player cost us a game last night. Like, he blew it twice. Back-to-back plays late in the game. I don't know why. Tried to do too much, frankly. And that's a little bit of the rightful order. The basketball universe is out of line. Like, he tried to do too much. He got worried about Carl Anthony Towns hitting a three, and he went out too far, and he left D'Angelo Russell for a backdoor, and I'm not sure why he was setting a pick that drove Ricky Root, that drove Mike Conley into the sideline with no room. And then Mike didn't expect the pick because you're supposed to go isolation, so that screws him up too. He blew it. Okay, he's human. Like, good reminder. Our guys are incredible. They're absolutely remarkable, and they're human. And that's a, it's a big one, no question. Um, but he's also won us lots and lots and lots of games. Joe Ingles, 3 of 13 from 3. Like, a little out of sorts last night. Rightful order of the basketball universe. Joe Ingles is terrific. He's having a Kyle Korver caliber year that leads to winning and is as positively impactful as any player in the NBA. He's not the guy who should be taking your third most amount of shots on your roster. That's not who he is. 
Like he should be taking seven, eight shots a night, bearing 50% of his threes, vastly impacting the game more than you can imagine with going four for eight from three, not three, not 13. Jordan Clarkson's a really nice player. He's found a way to become a relatively efficient. He's a minus points game player, but he does, he shouldn't be taking your most shots. Mike Conley was wonderful last night. 26 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. He did have four turnovers and one of them brutal late. Same thing as the other night. At 33, Memphis learned he can't be your number one option anymore, right? Like, that's why Memphis traded him. And why we got him was not to be our number one option. Like, the rightful order of our basketball universe is just messed up. When we don't have... And you know what? The guy who, like, somehow can play through it and he did in the last few years, George Niang was just terrific last night. So, here's the, a few takeaways. And then we'll get into power rankings. The three biggest takeaways to me. The argument that we're the number one seed, we should never lose two in a row to Minnesota. Yeah, we're not the number one seed right now. We don't have Donovan. Like, that's the truth. Our rightful order of the basketball universe... Our situation is a little more fragile than some other teams. If we're without Rudy or we're without Donovan, all the beautiful pieces that work so well off of those two guys don't work as well. We're not loaded that same way. Frankly, though, you know, like the Lakers without LeBron, Lakers without Anthony Davis have not, you know, they weren't great. They were okay. They weren't great. But like, right? Like, I mean... It's hard to tell because of the fact that they both missed a bunch of games. But this year when LeBron plays, the Lakers are, you know, are what? 28 and 13. And when LeBron doesn't play, they're, right? So this is not like just us. And this is what the second takeaway is. When you look at the NBA standings right now, what's happened this year is health And safety protocols have become such a major part of this and health because of the schedule that health has driven these more than anything else. So the Lakers are 36 and 25 on the season. Nobody really believes the Lakers are the fifth best team in the Western Conference, right? None of us believe that. For one second, they're 8 and 13 when LeBron does, 8 and 12 when LeBron doesn't play. They're 20, 36 and 25 when he does when they both like, No one really believes they're the fifth best team. Dallas is 33 and 27. And they're struggling right now, and it's strange. But early in the season, they were crippled by COVID and everything else. No one really believes that they're only six games above 500. Denver, to their credit, because Jokic is just unbelievable, are 40 and 21, and without Jamal Murray, have survived. The Clippers are 43 and 20. They are great. But you know what? Like, what are they when Kawhi Leonard plays? What are they when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play? Like, when Kawhi Leonard plays, they're 32 and 14. 32 and 14. When he doesn't play, they're 11 and 6. That's incredible. The reason we're the number one seed is we've been healthier than anyone else. And the reason Phoenix is the number two seed and verging on the number one seed is they've been healthier than everyone else. And the reason that the Clippers and the Lakers are still in it is because they're probably the best teams. We kind of have known this all year. 
right? But like Chris Paul has played 60 games this year. They're 42 and 18 when he plays. They've, he's missed one game. Devin Booker has played games this year. Donovan Mitchell until now has played. Rudy Gobert has played. That's the discrepancy here. They're 41 and 16 when when they're 2 and 2 when Devin Booker doesn't play. They're 41 and 16 when he does. So what we really have, and by the way, they lost to Oklahoma City without him. Like, oh my God, we can't lose to Minnesota. All right, like, yeah, we can lose to Minnesota. They lost to Oklahoma City. What really is the story here is the reason we're the number one seed is we've been healthier than everyone else. There's five teams, probably six in the West, that are all elite. The differentiation between them is minimal. I think we all probably at the heart of hearts admit the Clippers and Lakers are better than everyone. And Denver, frankly, was showing signs of being better than everyone else. I said it all year. I thought they were like a favorite. And safety and health and protocols and injuries and everything else and rest have actually altered the way the standings have formed probably more than any season we've ever been a part of. We've been on the good side of it. We deserve credit for that. We took advantage of it. Now we're not because Donovan's out and Phoenix is still on the good side of it and Phoenix is charging and they might catch us. Does it suck? Sure, it sucks. It makes sense though. Like we're experiencing, and that's why, frankly, by the time this is all done, it'll all equal out. The Lakers have probably been crippled by injuries a little bit more than everyone else. And then the playoffs will be a totally different story of who's what. It's why I do think that the number one seed is really, really important. Because I think the five or six teams in the in the West are all pretty similar. And any advantage you can get is an advantage. And if you can play Memphis possibly or San Antonio possibly or maybe even Golden State or Portland in the first round and you can get through it quickly... It's a massive advantage. And the fact that they've played two games and you haven't played any and you get to play at home every game is a massive advantage, at least in my opinion. So yeah, I think it really matters and it's a bummer that we look like we're on the verge of losing it, but it may, it, it's not crazy. Now, here's the other part of last night's game that I think is really important. So, and this goes back to where we started. We got to figure this out. This is full circle and then we'll do power rankings. So they're physical on us. They're guarding to 35, 40 feet. They're putting this wild pressure on us. So you got to, the only, you can't play this. You know, we, we fixed, we fixed the turnovers from night one to night two. We didn't actually, we had seven live ball turnovers last night, which is nothing. We really did a nice job with that. Uh, We only had 11 turnovers in the whole game. So they got up on us physically. We moved, we swung it. We got 57 threes. That's actually how the Jazz are going to win games in the playoffs. That's the only way. Clippers are going to do the same thing. They're going to get physical. They're going to get on you. And Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell have to beat guys off the dribble. The defense then will collapse. Those teams don't want to allow you to get to the rim. That's what those teams do. Minnesota under Finch is denying the rim at the same rate as these other teams are doing. And then you've got, you're going to drive the lane and you've got to kick. And you got to make your threes. But the way we're going to beat the Lakers is we're going to take 57 threes to beat them. The way we're going to beat the Clippers is we're going to have to take 57 threes to beat them. But that's what the Golden State, frankly, probably have to do the same. Golden State's one of the elite teams in the league at denying the rim. We're the best team in the Western Conference other than Golden State at denying the rim. We're basically the same. Last night, we just switched with them. 
than the Clippers. The Lakers actually aren't great at denying the rim. The Lakers will deny some threes. They'll play it a little differently. Might not have to take 57 threes to beat the Lakers. Though the math is good for us if we take 57 threes against the Lakers because they don't take as many threes. But this is how we're going to win playoff games. We're not going to get into the middle of the mosh pit punching, battling the Clippers and the Lakers and beat them. We're going to beat them because we take 57 threes and in four out of seven games, we're going to make the most of them. The Clippers are going to be a brutally hard to beat that way because they are setting an NBA record at 50, 42.5% for their three threes. They just don't take as many. They're right on the league average at 36.6 and we're taking 46% of our shots as threes. It's an astronomically high number of threes that we take. It's we're three percent. We take three percentage more threes than anyone else in the league, and that's how we're going to win. So we've got to figure out the first part of this conversation of what is it about some of those threes that if they come out of the natural flow later in the shot clock, we're not as good on them. Was that unique to last night, or was there something to that? We'll see. All right, uh, power rankings coming up, uh, and we'll check uh, what our odds are now compared to what they were before it's kentucky derby weekend if you're not into horse betting you've missed out and you can do it at betonline.ag that's betonline.ag with the promo code locked on you get a 50 percent welcome bonus ball games tonight in the nba they're taking place portland is a five-point favorite over indiana milwaukee's a nine-point favorite over charlotte Boston's an 11.5-point favorite over Oklahoma City. And Dallas is, Golden State's a 2.5-point favorite over Dallas. Interesting. Dallas losing to Sacramento last night. And Houston and Minnesota play tonight. Minnesota's a 1.5-point favorite in Houston. That's got to kill you after last night. Uh, Interesting to see whether or not they've altered the championship future lines at all. The Jazz are plus 350 still, so last night had no impact on that. Lakers are plus 180. Clippers are plus 275 to win the West. It's all at betonline.ag. Also, they've got some fun things going on with the NFL draft. First-round prop bets. Cornerbacks drafted. Offensive linemen drafted. Quarterbacks drafted. 5.5 is the number there. Have some fun with it. Betonline.ag. Promo code locked on gets you 50%. Welcome bonus. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friends over at rockauto.com. If you're a do-it-yourselfer or if you're an expert professional mechanics, Rock Auto is the place for both of you. A family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and bottle parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps to motor oils to even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need with a few easy clicks on the old school, easy to navigate rockauto.com best prices of reliably low prices and same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much at the same parts when you actually can do it all from your home on the internet go to rockauto.com and get the best parts for your car or truck right locked on the how to hear about a section amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need it's rockauto.com all right power ranking Tuesday, we've been the top of these power rankings all year, and we are not anymore. CBS, who had us top first, now has the Clippers as one, the Nets as two, the Suns as three, the Jazz at four, Nuggets at five. Give the Nuggets credit. 
Jokic 29-10-8 last week with Jamal Murray up. The Knicks go up to 6, the Hawks at 7, the Bucks at 8, sliding to 8. Wow, seems a little brutal to have the Bucks behind. Um, not sure I would agree uh, totally with that. Um, all right, let's go to John Schumann. He does the best job of anyone. He has such great detailed looks at the power rankings and I always feel like you actually have to read it. He has the Clippers at 1. By the way, his plus-minus player of the week was Duncan Robinson, plus 64. Kelly Olenek was minus 79. I always love that. The West, the East uh, went 9-7 and seven last week. The West has won 52.8% of the games. The easiest strength of schedule through 18 weeks is San Antonio, then Phoenix and New York. All right. L.A. Clippers are number one. Kawhi Leonard has missed seven of the last eight games. He, they lost last night, though. Um... They've won 11 of 12 overall. Paul George has been amazing. Reggie Jackson doing all that. And the Clippers are 19 and 5 since the All-Star break. Brooklyn is number 2. Phoenix he has as number 3. Um, Philadelphia at 4. Jazz at 5. Uh, the Jazz, let's see what he writes. Um, and without the guy who ranks third in clutch usage, Mitchell, they scored just six points on 10 clutch possessions, struggling to gain advantage against the Wolves' switches um, the other night. The Jazz, who became the first team to clinch a playoff spot, still have the league's fourth-ranked clutch offense, and they still have a two-game lead over the Suns. Okay, Denver at six. Milwaukee at seven. New York at eight. Memphis at 9, Dallas at 10. That seems like a much more reasonable look at things to have. Don't have Milwaukee ahead. Uh, So Clippers, Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, then Memphis, then Dallas, then the Lakers. Uh, He had Anthony Davis who shot 2 out of 17 in the paint. This was before last night. I'll have to see what he did last night in his return. The Lakers' defense has suffered some slippage. The last five games have been the worst stretch of the season. The bigger difference has been in the paint, where opponents are shooting 64% up from 54. Montrezl Harrell, DNP in favor of Marcus on Saturday. But the jury should remain out. Andre Drummond's status, he's allowed 113 points per 100 possessions in Drummond's 235 minutes, and opponents are shooting better. Told you I didn't like Andre Drummond. Uh, what is our other power ranking? Oh, ESPN power ranking. They don't put much thought into it, I don't feel like. Let's check ESPN, all 30 teams, where they sit. That's the April 5th version. I need something more reason than that. Here's the New York. They'll have fun with the Knicks. Let's see what we got. Jazz are still one. Brooklyn two, Phoenix three, Lake Clippers four, 76ers five, Bucks six, Nuggets seven, Lakers eight, Dallas nine, Knicks 10. All right, let's look at the odds. Let's really see what's happened here. 538.com, this will tell us. The Jazz have slipped to a 14% chance to win the title. They are now fourth in the full strength power rank, or the, let's see, current rankings. The Jazz still hold number one. Full strength rating, Clippers one, Jazz two, Nets three, Nuggets four. Seems kind of like a ridiculous number. Let's go to playoff full strength because the Nuggets will never be there. Clippers one, Nets two, Nuggets three. Wow. Lakers four, Jazz five. Behind the Nets. Projected record, Jazz at 52 and 20, Suns at 50 and 22. This is not equating 
that Donovan's out. Clippers at 49. So they have the Jazz 52, Suns at 50, Clippers at 49. This is just looking at us as our collective entity for the season, not quite understanding that we're not the same team without Donovan. So this is a little misleading. In the East, they have the Sixers at 48, the Nets at 47, the Bucks at 45. The Mavericks make the sixth spot. The Western Conference play-in has the Grizzlies at 38, the Blazers at 38, the Warriors at 37, the Spurs sliding to 35. So that would be Grizzlies, Blazers. Winner makes the playoffs of the seventh seed. That doesn't sound like the worst matchup. Warriors, Spurs. Winner plays the loser of that for the eighth seed. That makes the two seed seem a little bit more, but then you got the Clippers in the second round. And then you get the Lakers on the other side. So none of that sounds that good. But, you know, that makes the two seeds seem a little less daunting. Uh, let's see what Basketball Reference has to say. They always do a nice job. See what our odds were at 90% the other day. They have probably changed. So again, they still project us to have the way we've been playing. They project us to 52 wins and the Suns to 50 are 81% for the one seed. But that is not quite accurate. We'll see as, again, that whole concept. Um, they have the Clippers at 49 and the Suns at 50. The Suns with their win last night now are more likely to the two seed in the Clippers, which was not the case yesterday. 42 to 38. Denver's the four. Lakers are the five. Dallas is the six. They have Memphis as the seven with Portland and Golden State tied for eight, nine. And San Antonio is the 10. It's pretty interesting. I mean, that suddenly starts to make the two seeds seem a little less troublesome if you suddenly have your choice of Portland and Memphis as the two seed in Golden State's the eight. I'd rather play Portland or Memphis in the first round of the playoffs. Philadelphia 47.5, Brooklyn 47.3, Milwaukee 46, Atlanta 40, New York 39, Boston 39.1 instead of Miami at 37. So that's a pretty big difference. Their play-in right now is Miami versus Charlotte, Indiana versus Toronto. The Oh, wait, no, Washington. Washington. There's something weird here. Uh, Washington, so they actually have Indiana playing Washington, Miami playing Charlotte. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Thanks so much for tuning in. We got a live draft show coming at the NFL uh, YouTube, Locked on NFL YouTube. If you're a draft fan, Locked on NFL YouTube is kind of awesome. Um, So go check it out. And in the meantime, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of podcast Locked on today. Have a good one.